Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show. We've got a very big episode for you tonight. We're going to talk about everything um, from the world of free agency, everything that went down today. Um, before we get into the action, though, uh, we have the text in line. We'd love to hear from you guys tonight uh, at 740-206-8850 or hit us up on the chat feature on uh, the Spreaker app itself. Uh so, of course, I'm here, Ryan Moreland, your host tonight. Uh, with me as my co-host, as always, uh, Richard Pyle, uh, Peter Dipala, and Amos Conway. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing, doing great. Doing great for the show. It's going to be huge. Yeah, it was exciting. We had a very exciting, one of the more <laughs> exciting free agencies I can remember in a while. Uh, some Definitely some surprising moves. Uh, a couple teams going out and really throwing out some money. Uh, get right into it right here. The first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, probably the most surprising uh, move of the day, uh, Osweiler signs uh, a deal. I believe it's five years or four years, seventy-four million dollars with the Houston Texans, um, leaving uh, the team, the reigning Super Bowl champions, end up le- losing. Uh, their top two quarterbacks here, and Texans find their guy of the future. Uh, Amos, what do you think about this? Well, we were talking about this a little bit off air, and my thing with this is I think the Texans needed a quarterback that it's, or obviously they need a quarterback. It's about time that Bill O'Brien has a product at that position that produces and produces, uh, you know, solid and very good numbers. And I think it's just you look at the upcoming draft and there's not too many people you look at it who you think can step in and make an immediate impact, especially on a team so much built around their defense. And I'm all, like, it doesn't bother me, but I think that there's not much out there uh, as whole of a market. I think Osweiler has proved through his, like, what, seven, eight games he played that he is an average quarterback and I know you look at some of the wins, you look at the yardage, but no game that you look at stat-wise where you see him, and especially with the score where you go, oh, my God, yeah, he's the reason, sole reason why they won that game. And he's just not – I think that he still has a lot to work on, and I just – like, you know, he's got high upside. So, And Bill O'Brien is one of the best quarterback coaches in the league. I think he has the ability to put a lot of stock into Osweiler, with DeAndre Hopkins there and with the other signing that we'll talk about very soon. I, I like I like I like it for the Texans, but I don't I don't think it I don't think it affects Denver too much. I'm all right with it. I, I think it's an average signing. I think they overpaid. I know that Denver is gonna give him like between twelve and what, fourteen or fifteen million or something, and he's just paying between seventeen and eighteen. And I think that's a little much, but it's been a trend over the league in the last few years is these quarterbacks getting extended and paying high numbers for being or having average outings for these seasons. And it's just because there's a lack of talent at that position, even coming out of college, the boomer bust. 
So I think when you see a guy who he can show you that he has potential, it's something you have to jump on. And I think that's what the Texans just did was kind of jump on a guy who could do very well for them. A lot of good points there. What do you think, uh, Rich? Well, the biggest question is what is there? I know John Elway came out and said we want people that are going to be want to play for the Denver Broncos that want to be here. You know, and he was kind of sour about Osweiler taking more money, but then again, at the same time, you know, let's just say the Brock Osweiler, and, and you know, like Amos touched on a little bit, I don't think the quarterback position play was the reason why they won the Super Bowl. We all know the, the high-quality defense that they had, arguably one of the greater defenses in NFL history from last season. But at the same time, if you're trying to make a first impression on a quarterback that you want to play for your future, you know, keep around for your future, I still don't agree with him going back to Peyton Manning. And it's not because I don't like Peyton Manning or for any other reason. It's just that he was not that, – that was more for show than anything else. And then you turn around and you bench Brock Osweiler, who really honestly wasn't doing that bad of a job. Now, he wasn't great or anything. But he, he didn't deserve they, – they did him dirty in uh, in Denver. And like I always said, he knew a couple of weeks ago when he uh, was not even returning uh, phone calls or anything from his teammates. Like, he was done there. I mean, I can understand – I can look at it from Brock's side. When when you're in Denver and you get that – you know, you get sent to the bench, you don't want to create a distraction and say, oh, I'm, I'm upset with it and whatnot. I knew he wasn't going to say nothing like that. But I think that's the, the general reason because I, I think – Peter told me it was only like $3 million more that the Texans offered him. He could have stayed with Denver, but he didn't want to be there. I still think he felt disrespected for, you know, our getting benched for, you know, not just because Peyton Manning was playing his last year. Everybody knew that. And, you know, he was sour about it, and that's just the way life goes. But looking at it from the Texans' perspective, uh, like he said, Bill O'Brien, he, he's in, he's got a lot of pressure on him to, to find and a quarterback that can get them over the hump. Not saying it's Brock Osweiler, but you know we all saw the Lamar Miller, the Lamar Miller signing. That's going to be a totally different uh, football team than that AFC South this year. Yeah, a lot of the points that you brought up, there, <clears throat> which are 100 percent true. Uh, Peter, what do you think on this? So I, uh, when I saw the contract. One of the first things that came to my mind was, I'm sure you guys remember this, when Kevin Cobb got traded from uh, Philly to Arizona and signed a, I believe it was like a five-year deal, just under $64 million or something like that, uh, contract. Now, obviously, this wasn't a trade, but what, what reminds me of that situation is we see a young guy who hasn't proven himself in the league, aside from playing well in some games and then playing okay in some other games. Uh, it is a loss for Denver. Um, in my opinion, because if they wanted him to stick around, I think they would have paid. They probably would have tried to pay him some more. But uh, and I was kind of surprised they didn't off, try to try to match what Houston gave him. Because remember, John always selected him in the second round the year Payne Manning came to Denver. And I thought when Payne Manning retired, the Osweiler would take over take over the reins of quarterback. But clearly something went wrong. Uh, there was a report, I believe, Albert, that you had mentioned. In, in uh, off the air that, that, that about a week ago, uh, John Elway knew that Rock Osweiler wasn't even going to come back, and then the, the news over the past few days has been that Houston was looking at him. 
I like that Houston finally got a quarterback. And the one thing I do like about Osweiler in, in Houston is this. You're not going to have to throw the ball a whole lot with the defense that they do have down there. They have a pretty good, decent defense. Uh, they did get Lamar Miller, and he does have DeAndre Hopkins. So as long as you can rely on Lamar Miller to run the ball well and throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I personally, I'm not a, I think DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the NFL. And he's done a lot with some subpar quarterbacks. So Osweiler does have a strong arm. Uh, he's, he's decently mobile. He's, I think he's sneaky, kind of like quietly mobile quarterback. So I do like the signing for Houston in some regards. But what concerns me about this is that they're putting a lot of stock into a guy that really outside of last year, we didn't see very much from him. I, I think before last season, he barely thrown that many passes in the NFL. And he stepped in. And I think maybe we look at his starting record and kind of say, well, you know, he, he, I think he was five and two as a starter. Yeah, he went five and two as a starting quarterback in the NFL. But like you guys have just mentioned, look at the defense that they had. Do you really think it was him that was winning all these games? And that's not to take anything away from him. But remember, there was two, I believe, two games where they didn't score a single point in the second half of the game, or maybe even three games. And I and I apologize for not remembering, but, but I remember. He can make all the throws you want him to make, I believe, at least. Maybe maybe he uh, has some accuracy issues at times. But he has a lot of really good talent at wide receiver there. So as much as I like this Houston, I'm getting a quarterback. I am a little worried about what he will be like in Houston. Uh, he's still unproven, so I'm not really sure how this is going to work out. And what it means for the Broncos is they need to find a quarterback. They don't need to find the next Peyton Manning, they can probably sign RG3 and still win plenty of games with the defense that they have and, and the offensive weapons that they, that they do have. But, I mean, this is kind of surprising. And now Denver just won the Super Bowl, doesn't even, does not have a quarterback right now on the roster that warrants being a starter, and that's kind of concerning in my opinion. All right, so I'm I'm going to have an opinion here that I don't think a lot of people are big on right now, but I think uh, as much as it's coming down. It's going to change. I think that Denver won here uh, today. You got a guy that started only seven games last year. I agree. He was, he was 26th in QBR uh, out of all the quarterbacks, that, all the qualifying quarterbacks. Um, did not play impressively well, one because of his defense, and then he comes out uh, demanding uh, $18 million. So you're basically giving a guy – I mean, you would never give a rookie an $18 million contract at all. So you're giving a guy that played mediocre at bad best uh, over seven games $18 million. Um, from what I've heard here, uh, watching it all uh, unravel today, $15 million a year was the original offer from Denver. It was $3 million 45, uh, Three years, excuse me, $45 million. They moved up to $16.1 million. Uh, but we're not going to go above that. So they beat him out by $1.9 million here uh, to give him $18 million a year. And, and an extra year. Uh, they gave him a four-year deal instead of the three-year deal that Denver wanted to go with. I, I, I realize there's not a lot of talent out there uh, at quarterback, which is concerning, uh, which Peter just mentioned. He's exactly right. It is concerning because there's not a lot of, of quarterback talent out there. But we just watched Peyton Manning uh, have – an unbelievable, terrible season, and Brock Osweiler comes in and, and plays mediocre <laughs> at best, and they won a Super Bowl. 
Um, now Denver did lose a lot of uh, a lot of pieces, as we'll talk about later in here. But I think that Denver came out on top of this. I think that Houston really reached um, for a quarterback here. Uh, he's going to be paid top ten as far as uh, guaranteed money goes for and quarterbacks. And wow, just, yeah, and that's it. Just blows your mind that that you would pay a guy that much that you know hasn't uh, really proven himself at all uh, as as far as uh, can he play at that level in this league? I'm, and so it's it's a real head scratcher to me why they wanted to pay him this much. I realize there's not a lot of quarterbacks out there. Um, you know, RG three with the health questions. You don't know what Kansas City or I mean what San Francisco is going to want uh, to get Kaepernick out of their hands. Um, Johnny Manziel's still a giant, you know, question mark with all the off the field issues. And then you have uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, who you know we don't know what he's gonna do yet, and then the draft is not really strong. And I think that the the two guys that have the the ability to be starters is Goff and um, Wins, as I've said a hundred times on this show. I think that they're gonna go early. I think by pick number seven, um, both of those guys there's, are gonna be gone. There's another guy for Denver. If you look at the draft, <clears throat> and with guys who, if they lost Osweiler, they have been targeting, kind of the, the athletic guys are going to run a Kubiak offense with bootleg. And when I look at the draft, I think there's one guy that kind of sticks out to me, and I think Hold he's your guy thought who's here, Amos. They're, Hold your thought kind of a for a second. For this draft. Hold your thought, because I'm going to – my next question was I was going to ask you guys – Draft or free agency, oh, okay. you got to pick one guy. Uh, for you know, you're in John Elway's seat. Who do you go now? You can go draft or free agency. Who's going to be your quarterback next season? So, Amos, I'll let you take that first. Uh, if I, all right. If I'm going to the draft, my first round pick is probably going to be going to that offensive line because of who they've had leaving. But, but I think the one guy who could fit that system with Kubiak and produce some numbers with a good defense protecting him is Dax Prescott. And I think he is a guy who potentially can do very, very well under that system because he, he does have an arm. He is accurate. He is very athletic. He can run that bootleg. He can use his legs to make some plays. And I think he might be a guy that they're suddenly talking about in that office. Well, all right, uh, Rich, who do you say? Uh, before I get to that, a uh, little uh, breaking news. Uh, earlier, the Redskins agreed to terms with uh, backup quarterback Colt McCoy. The contract details are it's a three-year deal worth $9 million to hold a clipboard. I guess you take money where you can get it. Uh, going back to the Broncos quarterback situation, you're drafting 32, so – Whatever value of quarterback positions are there, they're not gonna they're, they're gonna be gone. And this is not really that great of a quarterback draft class. You've got Ryan Fitzpatrick hanging out there, who I think made it a little bit more difficult for him to stay with the Jets. Uh, I know I know Ryan that you love Fitzpatrick calling it Fitzmagic in Denver. Uh, you can put a call into some of the other teams around the league to get one of their uh, prize uh, backups. Uh, there's. Um, A.J. McCarron was the name I've heard. I've heard Colin Kaepernick. Then I also heard the 49ers saying they're not going to trade Kaepernick at this point in time. Uh, the other name, like I said, the other names out there are RG3, uh, Brian Hoyter. Yeah, and then, of course, the Rams won a first-round draft pick for Case Keenum. Yeah, Jeff Fisher, you're high as hell. You'll never see that. 
But then again, you never know crazier things has, ha- has happened. <laughs> but, I mean, there's still options. So they, they, they've got they, – I think John Elway is smart enough to understand how to operate this team by now with all the pieces he brought in for Manning to win that Super Bowl. But something tells me they're going to have to make a trade. I don't think the Ryan – I don't know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to leave Denver or leave to go to Denver after the Jets got Matt Forte today and he's comfortable there, but the Jets still have the money to offer a contract to match what Denver does. So I would not, I would probably go elsewhere other than the draft for a quarterback. Now you could probably draft one late and groom him behind a veteran, but I I just don't think you draft a uh, quarterback to come in and start automatically. So we have Amos going draft, Rich going free agency. Where are you going, Peter? I'm going to go free agency, and uh, I'll give you a name. I would go with, <clears throat> at the moment, RG3. Just I feel like there's a lot left to prove. A team like this with a good defense, and uh, Demarius, Thomas, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders as his wide receivers would do, I think, bet, would benefit him. And his threat to run, which hopefully we'll see come back, would uh, help improve the run game there because all they're going to need him to do is go under center, run the pistol, uh, snap it out of the pistol, and occasionally on a shotgun, run the ball, make the throws when he has to, and I think he's a perfect fit for that team. Yeah, uh, Rich previewed my pick a little bit here. Uh, I think it's Fitzpatrick. I think he's the best quarterback left um, to go out and grab right now. Um, him and the Jets uh, are not coming to terms. It seems like uh, the Jets are really firm at, at, at their number, and he's pretty firm at what Fitzpatrick wants as his number, and they're, I guess, nowhere close. Um, so it looks like that they're going to go into the season with uh, Geno Smith as their starter. It looks like Fitzpatrick's going to be on the move. Um, I think that uh, you know, I think he's a great pick here. You, you worry with RG3, you worry about the health. With Kaepernick, you worry about what you have to give up to get him. Um, with, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, you worry about production, uh, off-the-field issues for Johnny Manziel. Uh, Fitzpatrick's, kind of, I think, a guy that you can bring in, and he's not going to be the quarterback for, you know, eight years down the road, but the next couple of years. Uh, and I think that you're going to have to draft a guy uh, as well to, to come up, maybe to groom in, but just to set as a backup um, as well, unless you want to go go get two guys and let them compete for the job. Um, but the thing is, is that Denver has the money. They also have the appeal of being a championship-caliber team. Uh, so a, a quarterback can go in and win a championship this year, you know, if, if they played to what they played last year. Um, I don't think you can say the same thing about the Jets right now. Uh, so I think that that's a draw for uh, for Fitzpatrick as well. And I, I think that that's, that's where I would go. If I was the general manager here, I'd go for uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, RG3, just the health is a huge issue, a huge liability. Um, and, and, you know, can he play can, when the run's not there you know he seems to really struggle when teams play well against him running and they spy a lot he really struggles to throw the ball can he get over that um but moving on to the next thing here uh the texans also signed lamar miller today from the dolphins uh real quick uh amos what do you think about this signing uh <clears throat> Initially, I really liked it. Now, I still like it, especially for the price that they got Lamar Miller at. 
I know there's like 14 million guaranteed, but they're not paying a uh, you know buku of bucks to get a guy in there. I like Lamar Miller, obviously. I've seen him a lot playing in the AFC East and being a Patriots fan. It's not me. He does. You're used to. But he's a guy with concerns, especially with his carries, because over four or yeah, over he's been late since 2012, and his career average carries attempts per game is 10.5. His highest per season was 13 and a half in 2014. He's only had maps over a thousand yards one time, and that was 1,099. Never had more than 10 touchdowns. I think he is a good running back. I think his best value for them is definitely going to be uh, pass catching out of the backfield, and obviously he's going to run the ball. He's going to run it well. Texas run the ball a lot more, but I don't know if they will now because they have Hosswire. They may, you know, take more risk being able to get DeAndre Hopkins, especially if they get somebody, another receiver in there or uh, another tight end. I like it. I think that they got him at a good price, and especially if he excels and produces like everyone thinks and, you know, hopes he does, then, yeah, I think they got a very, very good player, especially at a running back, at a very good value price. But I think it's a good move on both ends, and I, I think it'll be something that works out very well for both parties. I say, Miss is good. Rich, what do you say? I'm sorry. What was the question? I was doing uh, trying to refresh my Twitter page here. Uh, Lamar Miller get, getting signed <laughs> by the Houston Texans. What do you think about this signing? Oh, that was probably one of the better signings of the day. They've been wanting to get for a few years. Arian Foster on his way out the door. You bring in Brock Osweiler. You bring in Lamar Miller. You've got a, you got a pretty solid defense. That's just another piece to the puzzle. I think Lamar Miller is probably a better value signing than, you know, letting Foster walk out the door. Oh, no, is this better payoff for the Texans? If not, they're going to have a lot of questions to be asked during the next offseason. But I, I like Lamar Miller. I think he was one of the better running backs out of this free, the free agent class. So, I, I, you know, that's just it is what it is, I guess. Uh, and what about you, Peter? I really like the signing. Uh, last the last two seasons in Miami, or really three years, he's he's been very productive. But the past years, especially uh, last season, he had um, sorry, <clears throat> he had uh, 872 rushing yards, um, average four and a half rushes. He had eight uh, rushing touchdowns and caught two touchdowns. He had over 1,200 total yards last year and 10 total touchdowns. In uh, 2014, he had 1,099 yards rushing and eight receiving touchdowns. Uh, sorry, eight rushing touchdowns, and he had a receiving touchdown. He's he's a do-it-all kind of running back, and I think it fits Houston's system perfectly because remember, Bill O'Brien was once in New England, and New England does like pass-catching running backs. Uh, we've seen Shane Vereen, Kevin Falk, guys like that. So even you know Kevin Falk, I believe, was before Bill O'Brien's time, but Shane Vereen. Uh, was, you know, obviously, you know, the history of Bill O'Brien and the offensive coordinator. They, uh, they do like their pass catching backs up there. So Bill O'Brien learned from Bill O'Check on how to coach the team, I'm sure. So this makes a lot of sense. you got a guy that can run the ball and also can catch it. And it's going to help take a lot of pressure off Rock Osweiler, who they just did a lucrative contract. Uh, definitely like this sign. Like Rich just said, Foster out the door, Lamar Miller in. I think it's good for both. I think it's good for both sides. 
Houston is quickly becoming, a, 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 I think, a team worthy of challenging for the AFC, uh, AFC South spot again this upcoming season. They are the reigning AFC South champions, obviously, but in a poor division. But now that the division is improving with everyone around them, they made a really good Lamar Miller will fit this perfect. Sorry, fit this in perfectly. I'm going to make it a, a clean sweep here and agree with all three of you. I think this is a good signing. Uh, I thought Amos brought up a good point, you know, uh, bringing up his, his carries. You know, this is a guy I think he's going to get a, a lot more carries now in this system uh, than you saw him get with Miami. Uh, he catches the ball well out of the backfield, kind of a do-it-all back. I think he is kind of like the poor man's forte, uh, and I think that he could be a huge part of this all offense, uh, a key part moving forward. And I think you're going to see his numbers go up. You know, me and Amos were talking before the show started that, uh, you know, this guy is going to be definitely a guy to look out for in fantasy next year. Uh, moving on to, uh, we had three teams here that had huge. Hold on, got a quick. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. We got a we got a uh, breaking news signing. Darius Green per Albert Breer gets a four-year, twenty million dollar deal with the Steelers. Uh, he's saying it's truly a year-to-year deal. He'll yeah. get six million in 2016, 11 million in the first uh, first year. All right, moving on to here to the next one. Uh, three teams had huge days today. Uh, the first one up here, the New York Giants, uh, come out. They end up signing uh, Vernon Harrison Jenkins, and they re-sign Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, First, I want you, to, you guys to tell me what your opinions on this, but I want you to tell me uh, what you thought of this, uh, and and did they overreach and overpay for these guys? Was that a mistake, or do you think that that was the right move for them to make? Amos, what do you say? Well, watching them last year, I think it's absolutely the right move. Yes, they probably overpaid a little bit, but this is a team that you saw get gashed at times last year, especially that defensive line. JPP, especially last year, was not up to par with his entire injury. Uh, Lydia Verdon, I like a lot. I think he is a, actually a very good pickup for them because I know he's only had over 10 sacks, I do believe, once in his career. But he's a guy who – he's got the – God, he's so explosive off the edge. He's good in the run game. He can drop off into the flat and cover some backs and maybe some slot receivers. He is quick enough to do that. He's a guy who's coming off that edge. It's going to be a lot like – I don't know if it'll be a lot like the days when they had that NASCAR defense because of uh, signing Damon Harrison, who's obviously a uh, bigger guy, 6'4", 350. He's more of a nose tackle, but he's going to be playing D-tackle for them. I think he's a very, very – I think Vernon's a very good pickup for them. I think Damon Harrison is solid. There's nobody's going to run out the middle on them. Uh, I don't know who the other defensive tackle yet for them is going to be. He's going to start next to him. But running up the middle on them is going to be virtually impossible. Uh, you re-sign JPP, I think that he's still got a lot left in the gas tank, especially as soon as he figures out how to use that injured hand. And as far as Janoris Jenkins, uh, I think he was arguably probably the top corner, one of the top two corners that would have been on the market Guy's got a lot of production. I think he's. I know he's got over ten interceptions since he's been in the league, and you know, playing for the Rams. I know the Rams franchise tag Tremaine Johnson, but I think all three or all three of the picks and the re-signings are very, very good. Yes, they may have overpaid for them a little bit, but if they turn out to be what you know they should produce, all these guys being especially still being younger guys, 
I think that there's a very, very high ceiling, this defense, this defensive line. I, I, they could be, be one in the top five in sacks next year. And I still think they're going to have trouble at the other corner because I do believe DRC is still a free agent. So they're going to have to, you know, get that other corner slotted up. But I think Jenkins will lock down whoever he's on. I think all these signings are very, very good. What do you say, Rich? Oh, man. Uh, I'm not sold on the Vernon deal yet. He didn't have a great year in Miami. I think I read somewhere like his sack numbers were way, way down. You know, you're playing along uh, Sue, who's supposed to be like one of the better free agent signings, and that didn't work out. Then again, it looks like there's a couple teams that are just blowing their rosters to shreds, and Miami happens to be one of them. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul staying there, I think he's just basically in a one-year prove deal. But I kind of agree with what Amos was saying. It's going to be tough to run on the Giants now. But there's still other areas they need. Overpaying maybe, you know, maybe they just had to take a shot at it. Who knows? Peter, what do you think about this Giants team now? Well, as we've seen in the past, teams will find big players to help fix their teams, and it doesn't always work out. And I'm not saying that's the case here, but they spent, a, they spent a good amount of today. The only signing I didn't particularly care for, I mean, I thought Vernon was overpaid, but I, I, I don't understand when we, sorry, I don't understand bringing back JPP for a season. Back for a year that I don't, I don't know if anyone else is looking at JPP, but if they were the only team that was really interested in him, uh, the way they were, that, and I know that he's been there for a while. It's concerning because obviously the hand injury. So I'm concerned about JPP. They definitely need to fix that defense, which was horrendous last year. Uh, their offense is okay. He's seen to work on the running game, and hopefully somebody aside from Beckham can catch the football. But that, you know, back to the question at hand. I like these signings for the most part. I think they'd probably be overspent a little bit. But if they play well as a unit this year, then I'll say that's fine. But for right now, I'm just a little worried about the money they spent. But overall... I think they had they did what they had to do. Always one thing about the Giants we've always seen the NL is that they like to rush the passer. They've had Newman Newer, Strahan, uh, the only LT by the way, and Lawrence Taylor. Uh, the Damian Thomason is not LT. Was, uh, I, the only reason I'm bringing that up is drives me crazy when people call, uh, call him LT. But this team has had a lot of great pass rushers. So I think they're bringing some other pass rushers on board. They're following their their team's history. They want to get after the opposing quarterback, so I like I like who they signed, but not for the money that they gave them. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with a lot uh, with what you guys said here. Uh, first, like the <clears throat> with JPP with the re-signing here. Uh, at first, I didn't like it. I thought that the, that was a mistake that they should have let him go. But then you get him for a pretty low price point. Uh, it's a pretty low risk here, even if it doesn't pan out. Um, it's not the end of the world. Uh, and, you know, JPP still has that talent, uh, even without, you know, the fingers on that right hand. And, you know, you give him more time to learn how to play uh, with, you know, the club that he uses now. Uh, I think that he'll end up uh, maybe not getting back to, to exactly who he was, um, uh, but but becoming a good player. I love the Jenkins sign, Janoris Jenkins. I love that signing. I thought Harrison was also pretty good, although I thought that they – uh, overpaid Harrison just a touch, um, but then the Vernon, uh, Vernon. I really like Vernon. Uh, watching him last year, 
as everybody that listens to the show regularly knows, I write for a, a Dolphins article, although I'm a Titans fan, I write for a Dolphins website regularly. So I followed them a lot this year, and, and he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, he does. He's really explosive, uh, a great player. He's just not worth what they paid him. Um, you know, it's it, his contract set several records uh, for defensive ends, and he's just he's not that level of player. So I thought that they reached here, but free agency, uh, you see people make reaches, big reaches every single year, and that's what I wanted to bring up this stat real quick before we moved on. I told you guys uh, before the show started that I had a really interesting stat for you. Um, and I really wanted to bring it out during the Giants part here because it's the top six spending teams and and free agency during the last ten years. All right, this is the top six. Number six, the Cleveland Browns. Number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number four, the Washington Redskins. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And number one, the Miami Dolphins. Only one of those teams has won more than 500 games over the last 10 years, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Every other team in that group is below 500. So it's just showing you that you, the big-name free agency grabs uh, don't uh, always work out, for the most part don't work out. Um, so I just thought that was a huge reach for the Giants to make on Vernon. Uh, way, way overpaid. I thought they overpaid for Harrison a little bit. I love the Jenkins move i thought that that was a decent price um a little high but you know free agency is going to be a little high and then jpp they actually got uh pretty cheap there so i ended up liking that one uh next one we're going to move on to here is another team that really made a lot of moves uh and that's the miami dolphins who end up getting brian uh or Byron Maxwell and Kiko Lonzo in a trade from the Eagles, and they ended up getting or signing uh, Mario Williams as well. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Amos, what do you think uh, about this move, and, and how do you see this panning out for Miami? I don't see this panning out very well for them. Is I know that Philadelphia was kind of doing some spring cleaning, getting guys out of there. They got Maxwell and, and Alonzo. For a good prize. Thing with Maxwell is he's a product of Seattle. He was kind of a lengthy corner to where that, you know, where Seattle set that trend and he's not panned out in Philadelphia. I know he had a few games where he played very well, but it's not going to be something that's consistent out of him. Kiko Alonso, I like. I liked a lot when he was at Buffalo. I think he's a very good middle linebacker. We discussed this the other day, and, you know, he's just a guy who's injury-plagued. He's good, good, great middle linebacker. He's just injury-plagued. If he can stay healthy, I think he'll help them. And with Mario Williams, I do like this. I do like that pick because you got the term, you know, you lose in Vernon. Um, you have, uh, you're having contract issues or a whole extension issues or whatever with Cameron Wake trying to find a number. I think Williams is a guy who will be able to produce, especially, you know, with Sue there as a defensive tackle. But I think there's a lot of turmoil in Miami, and I think you're bringing in a lot of names and hoping that somehow it figures itself out. I really don't like these pickups. I think this is a huge thing of desperation to try to keep up with other teams in their own division, and I think it's going to turn around to bite them. I think I can see this being a team that starts off 5-0, and six, you know, 5-1 and one or something. And then I just think they're going to spill downhill with uh, the turmoil there. I do like Adam Gaze, and I think he'll eventually write the ship. 
but I don't like the way that they went about it this first free agency under his regime. So Amos is saying no. Rich, what are you saying about this, the moves that they made here? I agree 100%. I think the the smartest signing was the Mario Williams deal. I think he's got a lot left in the tank. But you went and get Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell, who Kiko Alonso is good when he's healthy. Byron Maxwell just was a bust in Philadelphia. So, I mean, you're rolling the dice on some high-priced free agents. And like you said, you just went over the list of the the top uh, six spending teams and I think what you say was the Eagles that only won, you know, just started sitting just around 500 on, on these signings. So it, it just makes you wonder how much control is given that Adam Gase has here because I don't think it's an Adam Gase decision for him to go out there and start buying free agents like they're going out of style. So I, I'm just not sold on the Kiko Alonso. Byron Maxwell pickup. I know a couple of Dolphins fans that are friends of mine that absolutely hated that trade, and they said they loved the Mario Williams trade or the Mario Williams signing. I'm sorry. So I'm going to say no. I think this is not going to pan off in the long in the long run either. So two no's. What do you say here, Peter? Outside of Kiko Alonso, I don't like any of these. Mario Williams. You know, we talked about this off the air the other night. Perhaps his stats fell because of the system he was in a Buffalo that Rex Ryan ran. But I just don't like really Kiko Alonso. I like, but he's only your one. Obviously, Byron Maxwell was a product of the system in Seattle. It looks like after the way he played last year in uh, Philadelphia, and then Mario Williams, like I just said, probably overpaid for him. And I think they're just trying to fix the defense. But this team needs a lot more fixing just on defense. And bringing in big names like these guys or what, you know, maybe say they're big names in uh, today's free agency, whether it's free agency or trade, just makes no sense to me. And this team is going to, I think they're going to have some cap salary, sorry, salary cap issues uh, to start of the next season. But they had to, they had to restructure two uh, contracts, so. Next year, we could be seeing a lot of problems with all these people they're signing and trading for, um, money-wise. Miami trying to fix a character issue with talent. Yeah, that's. I'm going to agree somewhat with <laughs> you here because I think, um, as I said when I just brought up the, that stat, they've spent more than anybody else over the last 10 years on uh, free agents. Um there's a couple things uh, that I did like about this. First off, I, I liked bringing in Mario Williams. You know, they get rid of Vernon. Um, and to be 100% honest, I think, I mean, I'd put money on it right now that Williams, uh, barring health, you know, an injury or anything, Williams is going to be more productive uh, right than Vernon is next year. So they're getting, I think, uh, an upgrade and getting cheaper. I love the Williams pickup. As for uh, Byron Maxwell, I think he is a better player than uh, his stats in Philadelphia show. Uh, Philly, uh, as I think Ev, we all know, has a had a uh, penchant for just getting the wrong players and using the wrong players that didn't fit their system. Uh, Bradford and, and DeMarco Murray come to mind here. And this is another guy. Maxwell is a big physical corner that needs to be ran in press coverage, and he wasn't. Uh, in his time in Philadelphia, and he definitely will um, in his time in Miami. Um, so I think that he'll be more productive. Although I, I did don't like how much they spent on him. I think that uh, 
they spent a lot and then get ready getting rid of Grimes uh who they cut and to bring in Maxwell just felt like a downgrade um at talent but you upgraded your uh your price there so wasn't a huge fan of that one as for Kiko Alonso I, I can't I can't say enough about this kid I, I love Kiko Alonso I think uh me and Namus, I believe, had a, a long conversation about him one time. This kid's fantastic, and when he's healthy, I think top five at his position in the entire league. He's fantastic the, the way he plays, but he's never healthy. Uh, that that becomes a huge problem. His health is a gigantic issue, um, and I, so I'm not huge on that one either just because Kiko Alonso's had so much trouble staying healthy, and he's a fantastic player. So if – they move Mac or they play Maxwell in press coverage uh, a lot, and Alonzo stays healthy. Then Miami did a, themselves a bun. They, they did a ton of, of work today, and, and really had a great free agency. Um, if they and I don't think they'll use Maxwell the wrong way. I think that they they see how to use him. But if Kiko Alonso uh, doesn't pan out, if Williams is at the back end of his career, uh, you know, then then they really hurt themselves today and spent a lot of money on nothing. So I think this is a time will tell, but I did like some of the, I did like these signings, but there's you know there's little flags on on each one of them for Miami. Um, and then the next team here, we're gonna move back to the AFC South. The another team that had themselves an absolute. Ryan, hold on, I got another. Oh, go ahead, go Ryan, ahead. Ryan, Ryan, we got another signing. Uh, you're gonna like this one. The Titans have agreed to terms with wide receiver Rashad Matthews on a three-year deal. Uh, that's breaking across my Twitter page right now. Dang, uh, right on. We'll talk about that one uh, coming up really soon then. Um, I didn't know that one until just <laughs> now, so just new for me. But we're going to actually go with the Jaguars here uh, first. Uh, also, a, a team that had a very big day, uh, Malik Jackson, Chris Ivory, uh, Tashawn Gibson, and then they re-signed Mercedes Lewis. Uh, starting with you, Amos, what did you think about this one uh, for the Jaguars? All right, so I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely love all these picks. I think these are guys who come in, every single one of them, and make immediate impacts for this team. Malik Jackson, with his size, I think they're going to have him end up moving to the inside because they don't run the 3-4. They're Gus Bradley, Seattle Seahawks. They run that 4-3. And I think he's going to be extremely productive right away for them, being able to get to the quarterback in the NFC South. As far as Chris Ivory, we've all seen what he can do. Being AFC East fan, seeing him play for the New York Jets, he's a guy who's going to pound that ball. You know, they tried to get that power back a couple of years back, signing Toby Gearhart in the offseason, hoping he would produce big, and he didn't. T.J. Yeldon did uh, pretty well as a rookie last year, stepping in when he was healthy and being able to. I still think he put up 800 yards plus last year. I think Ivory is easily going to be a thousand-yard rusher with them with that offense and um, Gibson, another guy, he, uh, this is a guy who has, has a free safety on a very, very bad team has 14 interceptions in like four years. And the one thing I would like to see out of him is he's only played a full season one time. I do believe that was his second year in the league. So I think if he can stay healthy or whatever kind of issues he has going on, if he can stay on the field, another immediate impact next to Johnson Siperian. It's something you cross off for them in the draft, so you know now that it's probably going to be corner or linebacker for them. 
I think that the Jaguars are slowly cementing themselves as a very, very honest threat to be the best team in the AFC South with these uh, signings. Although very bright there in the eyes of Amos Rich, do you agree with what Amos had to say here? Sorry, I've been following the Twitter page. You're going to have to refresh my memory about uh, the question. The Jags. <laughs> I've, been, I've been digging the late breaking news for you guys. <laughs> uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah, Jaguars were very active. I... Oh, yeah, I loved everything they did. They they got, like he said, I think you mentioned Danny Trebay, or they, they, get, they brought on a lot of pieces. I think they're going to be another team in that A. That AFC South is going to be one of the most interesting divisions with all the free agency action that went on, including the Titans that we just talked about. Uh, so I'm excited for that division for the first time in many, many years. I don't think it's going to suck as bad as it did last year. So Jaguars, apparently, I think I read somewhere that they have, like, a lot of money to spend. So... We'll see how that all works out for them, but I'm happy they're making moves. All right. Are you going to keep the keep the good vibes going here, Peter? Oh, absolutely. And my favorite signing was Chris Ivory. This team has needed a running back for some time. Uh, they haven't had a really solid running back since Maurice Jones grew left. Even though I am a Deron Robinson fan, but he's not starting quality. He's a third-down kind of back that can run once in a while. He can catch it out of the backfield and throw it out of the wildcat if you need him to. So Chris Ivory makes a lot of sense here. It's also going to help take pressure off Blake Bortles, who really grew in his second year, quietly grew in his second year. Uh, and I, in Malik, Malik Jackson, a great signing for the defense. This team has a chance to be a threat in the AFC South next season. I'm going to agree here, uh, absolutely. I think that this is an absolutely uh, astonishing, very strong day. Malik Jackson, who everybody wanted talked about, you know, where and talked about um, uh, Von Miller last year. But Malik Jackson had a stellar season. He's an absolute freak of an athlete. Uh, and even though he was the highest paid uh, guy today, I don't think he really got overpaid by very much for the production that you're going to get out of him. He's an absolute stud. Um, very underrated player. Uh, for those of those, those of you who don't know who Malik Jackson is, you need to go check him out. Chris Ivory, great pickup. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson, I thought was an excellent grab as well, and, and re-signing Mercedes Lewis. I thought great picks uh, across the board here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they made a huge step into making um, their team better here uh, and and more competitive in that AFC South, which did a lot of upgrading today. Um, a uh, very impressive day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, if Ben Coff and our good friends listening, your team did very well today, buddy. Uh, moving on to the next team here, who we just talked about. Uh, really, everybody's favorite uh, team, quick, I please. think. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. real quick. Oh, uh, former Jaguars offensive line Sam Young signs a one-year, nine hundred and ten thousand dollar deal with the Miami Dolphins. So there's another signing going across the board. Notre Dame. Right on. Uh, so everybody's <laughs> favorite, everybody's favorite team here, the Tennessee Titans. Let's talk about them real quick. Uh, signing DeMarco Murray, Ben Jones, Matt Castle, uh-huh. and uh-huh. and the newly acquired Richard Matthews. Uh, what do you have to th- say about this, Amos? Listen, I like the DeMarco Murray pickup a lot. I think he's a guy who, oh, my God, he's, he's going to be uh, – Excuse, sorry, Marcus Mariota's best 
absolute best friends. And I think he's going to take so much pressure off of him being able to the way run the way he does. And I think actually Malarkey is going to be able to maximize his potential with that team, especially if we're all assuming who their number one pick is going to be Laramie Tunsil. I think it's going to be especially beautiful because you're going to have two young, <clears throat> very, very good tackles with Terry Luan and Tunsil on the outside, which is where Murray actually likes to run. He loves the outside, you know, those counters and things like that. He's very good up the middle too. And that leads us into them getting Ben Jones, the center from the Houston Texans. He's a guy who's been very solid for Houston. I think he's going to continue to be very good for them. Good in pass protection, good in uh, the run game. He's able to get to the second level, you know, and understands how to get there, when to get there. Rashard Matthews is the one that's a little bit of a wild card for me. Is He's a guy who potentially last year, I think he only played 11 games, but he could have had a huge season. And I think he's a guy with a whole lot of upside. But with wide receivers, I mean, they have it's not, they're not drained. Yeah, they need an upgrade at wide receiver, but they do have Dorio Beckham Green, Kendall Wright, Harry Douglas. They still have Delaney Walker there, and all those guys are talented with potential. I think Rashard Matthews is going to be another guy to come in there and help them. He's he's really a guy who's fifty fifty with me. If he obviously, I, I think they can get a lot out of him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's not on the team in uh, the next two years. All right, Rich, uh, the Tennessee Titans here. How do you think they fared today? Really, really well. Uh, Rashad Matthews was actually one of the wide receivers I was hoping New England would pick up because the market for wide receivers is starting to dwindle. I think the only name left, the only big name left on the board as far as uh, younger wide receivers is Mohamed Sanu, who is visiting Atlanta tonight, traveling to New England tomorrow, but something tells me he's not going to get on the plane. I think he's going to stay in Atlanta. They're offering him the $7 million. You add a backup uh, backup quarterback. This team is ready to roll now. With all the action going in, with all the action going around, it's going to be a very, very interesting, uh, very interesting division. We, we've spoke on it all night. All right, and Peter, what do you think about uh, how the Titans fared today? I like both. The trade, obviously, for Murray is huge. Uh, they didn't have to give up <clears throat> too much, and it makes a lot of sense for them to go out and get a running back. They need one with a young quarterback. And, uh, Ryan, you, you mentioned this Monday night. He's perfect for the Titans. They're a downhill running team. And... Uh, <clears throat> So that, that was a great signing, and congratulations to the Titans for sending him to the trade. I, I think the Titans are going to be a much improved team this season, not just based on that, but they showed a lot of signs last season here and there that they had a chance to be a very good team with Mariota, um, you know, comes to, uh, learns more in the NFL. They have some decent young receivers, but having a guy like Marco Murray is going to be big time for the Titans and hats off to them. I, I'm excited to see what they can do with him at the running back position. Yeah, as a Tennessee Titans fan, uh, I was pretty happy today with what I saw um, from my team. I absolutely love the DeMarco Murray signing. Anybody listen to Monday, uh, listen to me fawn over him. I'm a big fan of this. You know, we run that downhill running game, uh, still use a fullback, you know, so you got a guy that – uh, you can line up behind a fullback, and that's where DeMarco Murray is going to do damage. It's north and south, a downhill running game. Absolutely love that pick. Ben Jones, 
you know, this is not a sexy pick, not one that, that you're going to write home to mom about, but I love this uh, pick. This uh, absolutely smart move here. Going to be a big uh, upgrade in the, in the middle of your offensive line there. Uh, you know, of course, being a, a guy that, you know, uh, in the trenches like that, a big old hog molly, he doesn't get a lot of press, but Ben Jones is a heck of an interior lineman, and, and the Titans really did a fine job picking up a guy here. They can truly make a defense on their offensive line. Um, as for the other two, I wasn't as big on those. Uh, Matt Castle coming in, uh, I think he is you know, coming to be the backup. He's definitely an upgrade over what we've seen from Mettenberger, uh, but um, you know, I wasn't over the moon about it, but you know it I probably will be, you know, halfway through the season if uh, Mariota gets injured and Matt Castle comes in rather than uh, Mettenberger for a few games. I'll, I'll probably be thankful that we signed them then. Uh, as for Richard Matthews, I, a lot of what Amos said, um, you could just copy and paste and put here. Uh, of course, me and Amos keep the trend of stealing each other's material here. Uh, he's just he's just a guy that I, I'm not. I think he's an excellent talent. I just didn't see the big need there. Um, maybe they're thinking about getting rid of, of Justin Hunter is the only thing I could think uh, when when I first uh, heard about this a little bit ago. Um, he, he's a talented guy. I think that we'll be able to work him into the rotation, but I, I think that still uh, Doriel, Green, Beckham, and, and Kendall Wright are going to be your number one and number two Um and Harry Douglas playing the slot. Uh, Rashad Matthews is not a guy that's going to play slot receiver, even though I think he's more talented than Harry Douglas, obviously. So that makes him, you know, your third guy on the outside. Uh, you know, I just and unless you're planning on letting uh, DGB set for a while and bringing in Matthews and letting uh, Doyle Green Beckham learn for a while, I don't know. Now, whatever the plan is there, uh, I don't hate the pick. I just didn't think it was a very pressing need to go out and get. Um, uh, but still, nonetheless, we get a talented wide receiver. Uh, this is the last one here I want to talk about kind of a little bit in depth, and then we'll go into like a quick hits here. Um, last one being the Oakland Raiders. Uh, they had a, a pretty good day today, signing Bruce Irvin, uh, you know, the pass rusher out of the Seattle Seahawks, a guy that's won a Super Bowl ring with them. Um, and then uh, another big signing, getting... Uh, Oh man, I just forgot how to pronounce his last name. It's killing me now. Um, was it Asamali? It's I can't remember how you pronounce it now. But uh, uh, Amos, what did you think about Oakland's day today? The Raiders signings. I thought that it was actually very good, and it's a, a simile. It's actually yeah. I just looked it up. Yeah, simile. But I, Kalichia Simile, obviously a very, very good guard. He's been a guy who uh, I think he especially really came on the scene last year to where people realize how good of a guard that he is. And with Latavius Murray, Derek Carr there, you're going to get him more protection. You're going to give him more time. And I think that's an absolutely great pickup for the Oakland Raiders. And with Bruce Irvin... I kind of feel the same way. And I know he's kind of a one trick pony to where, you know, he's the pass rushing specialist, but that's how he's with Seattle. They may ask him to do a little more in Oakland. And in, you got Khalil Mack on the other side. This, this team is a team that could obviously trying to get pressure on the quarterback, trying to take over that AFC West. I uh, like both these picks. And I think that they'll both pan out very, very well for the Oakland Raiders. 
All right, Rich, what do you have to say about the Oakland Raiders' day in free agency? They're very good signings. Like I said, uh, I still think they need to add a safety or with, with the departure of Rod Woodson, or I'm sorry, Charles Woodson, get those names mixed up. They need to add somebody in that secondary to replace. I know you're not going to get that kind of production, but you still got to address the issue. Uh, we talked about it all last this past offseason about how close the Raiders are to being contenders. Add a couple more pieces in the draft, and you, you're looking at a team, and now I think the AFC West is going to get interesting this year as well. You know, there's no quarterback. There's a quarterback issue in Denver. Uh, uh, San Diego hasn't played well the last few years. Kansas City's on the rise. Oakland may be that next team. You never know. Uh bring up a great point there with the, the secondary keeping it in mind. Uh, Peter, what do you think uh, the Raiders did today? I I think both these signings are great assembly. You know, obviously, the Oakland needs more help on the offensive lines. Uh, Amos brought it up. You uh, protect Derek Carr. You give him more time. Helps out the running game. Uh, especially with the weapons that they have there on offense. You got Crabtree and uh, Amari Cooper. So, it allows Derek Carr more time to uh, let his receivers get open down the field. And then I, I love Bruce Irvin, I, and I know, you know, he might be considered a one-trick pony, but they need a pass for badly. And I think what's really going to be scary for other opposing teams now is to have him and Khalil Mack lined up there. And it helps take pressure off the secondary, which had issues last year. And I think the secondary will now be the focal point going into the draft and the remainder of free agency that they short up the pass rushing ability and the pass and run game protecting ability as well. So, Look up for Oakland next season. Wouldn't be surprised if they see them in the thick of things for that race in the AFC West, especially with Osweiler walking out the door. That division is going to be very interesting in 2016. Yeah, I agree with uh, with a lot of what all of you said here. I think that this is one of the most underrated days of the day. I think everybody's going to look at the Giants, uh, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Titans because of the amount of moves um, the bulk of the moves and the, and the price tags that we're seeing here. Uh, but the Raiders had a, quietly had a really great day. They got two key pieces that they desperately needed, and they got two great guys to fill that position. Um, you know, with, with Assembly, you get a great guard here. This guy plays uh, great in the interior. Uh, he can pull. He's got the speed, um, you know, to pull in the running game. Uh, he can... Uh, pinch inside, play outside. He doesn't seem like he gets out of position very often at all. Uh, really great uh, guard. And Bruce Irvin is definitely a one-trick pony, as Amos put it. Um, but they needed that. They needed to get a, a really good pass rusher, and Bruce Irvin is uh, a great pass rusher um, coming off of the edge. Um, and then and then you guys, uh, I believe all three of you kind of uh, at least alluded to this. You got... Bruce Irvin come at you from one side and Khalil Mack coming at you from the other. Uh, uh, just lay down. Just wave the white flag. I don't know what you're going to do. The, the, the two excellent pass rushers coming around. Uh, the Raiders had an excellent day. The, you know, and not a lot of people are going to talk about it because of the other days that everybody had. But, And I completely agree uh, with what Rich said. You know, I would have liked to see him gone after uh, a safety or maybe Gibson. I think they signed, uh, you know, Tayshawn Gibson uh, here today. If Oakland would have, I would have said that they had the best day, uh, biggest winner 
because I really loved both signings here, and both of them, I don't think that you know they overpaid. I thought that they made uh, good deals with both of these guys. Um, all right, we're gonna do some quick hits here. I'm just gonna uh, list name the the um, name the signing uh, and like where he went. I-, I want you guys to let me know real quick. Uh, you know, just two sentences what you thought about it. Um, Bears signed Dan- Danny Trevathan. Amos, what do you think about this? Uh, Broncos leading tackler, probably the best guy in coverage. I think this is an absolute need for the Bears, and obviously familiarity there with John Fox. He's a great pick, and once again, I think he's going to be highly productive for the uh, Chicago Bears. Rich, what do you think about the Trevathian signing? Goes back towards John Fox, uh, former coach there in Denver. Great signing by the Bears. And Peter? I really like this one. Uh, Bears are known for defense. They need defense. And like Amos and, and uh, Richard said, the familiarity with him and John Fox will definitely be huge. And uh, look look for the Bears' defense to be to be improved slightly with him there. You need a linebacker, you go get uh, a really great linebacker and also a reigning Super Bowl champion. Uh, really good signing. Next one here, Jets land Matt Forte. Amos, what do you think about this? Uh, it comes in and plays Chris Ivory, guy who can do uh, catch the ball out of the backfield, very solid runner. That's a good offensive line. Uh, I think it's a good mid three plays Chris Ivory, and I think he's definitely got a couple years left in tank. Uh, good pickup. Uh, Rich, what do you think about this one? <laughs> uh, you know, it was fun. the funny thing is Matt Forte says I want to go play for a contender. Signs with the Jets and, uh, what, won a playoff game in, what, five years or something like that? So, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of – I'm kind of dumbfounded about you want to go play for a contender, yet you sign with the Jets. Makes perfect sense. But, you know, I, I think it'll – maybe it'll work out. But without that quarterback there in uh, New York, they don't have a – they got a quarterback controversy there. I don't know if I would have went. Uh, what do you think about this one, uh, Peter? This is probably one of my favorite ones of the day. Uh, definitely helps improve the Jets team. And, you know, like like they just talked about, Chris Harvey's at the door, but Matt Forte walks in the door. He he can run the ball well, and he can also catch extremely well out of the backfield, uh, which to me fits Doug Marone's system. Uh, if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't come back, then whoever will be the starting quarterback there next year, which we don't know who it will be uh, at this moment, will we'll be in good hands with him running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, definitely adds a dynamic to the Jets' offense that they've badly needed for a long time. So I love this one. Great, great signing. Yeah, I'm going to agree here uh, with kind of a little bit of all. You like the signing a lot, um, uh, but it does make you scratch your head a little bit that he made this signing before the Jets uh, figured out their quarterback situation. Next one here, uh, center Alex Mack signs with the Atlanta Falcons' Amos. What do you have to think about this? Absolutely love this pick. Alex Mack is a guy with high football IQ, great in the run game, great in the pass game, probably underrated Cleveland, a little overshadowed by Joe Thomas. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's mind is going to be blown by having a guy who actually knows what he's doing at the position and who's going to protect him. And I think Devontae <laughs> Freeman will appreciate it as well. What do you think, Rich? Alex Mack is arguably 
one of the best centers in the league. You're going to add stability to that offensive line that uh, Falcons fans have been complaining about for years. This may be one of the most underrated signings of the day. Alex Mack opted out of that contract, went to uh, Atlanta. That's going to, like I said, it's going to make that run game a lot better. So I, I like it. And Peter. I like this one. Uh, at times, the Falcons' offensive line, really since Matt Ryan's, since Ryan Ryan's been there, has had more holes than Swiss cheese. So this is a huge signing for them, and I, and I think they're going to have a lot of success to him uh, being the quarterback, quote unquote, of the offensive line. So good, great signing. Uh, Alex Mack deserves to be on a contending team instead of on the Browns, who are uh, perennial uh, basement dwellers who just think of the joint year in and year out. Just travesty that he had to play there for as long as he did yeah i i think that this is a really great signing i was hoping to see alex mack in the two-tone blue uh to be 100 percent honest but a really great signing good move by the atlanta falcons alex boone signs with uh the minnesota vikings amos what do you have to think about this um i think it's another very very good signing a little surprise boone didn't say in san francisco but I think he's another guy very, very good in the run game, uh, very good pass blocker, high football IQ, plays very violently. And I think he's going to help Teddy Bridgewater get time in that pocket and help Adrian Peterson break some more records. Uh, Rich? Agree with Amos 100%. What do you do to make your run game better? You beef up that offensive line. And Peter? I really like this one too because Alex Boone, Alex Boone uh, definitely helps protect Teddy Bridgewater some more because he's had protection issues in Minnesota his first two years in the league. Um, and Amos, you just said it too uh, that the nastiness there. Amos, you, you talked about it too. The nastiness of Alex Boone will just uh, help increase the uh, the protection of Teddy Bridgewater and Adrian Peterson in, in Minnesota. Yeah, this is a great, great uh, pick. One of the ones that, you know, not going to get talked about because it's not sexy. Uh, but just like Alex Mack, I think Alex Boone's an outstanding uh, player. Definitely uh, made a big upgrade here. Uh, very smart uh, move by the Vikings, who were pretty silent throughout the day. Chargers up here, you know, they get Travis Benjamin and they re-sign Antonio Gates. Uh, Amos, what do you think? Travis Benjamin, dual threat guy, kick returner, punt returner, and the wide receiver. I think he's a lot faster than what a lot of people think. With Keenan Allen there, Malcolm Floyd, Stevie Johnson, I think he's a guy who's going to have a very, very good impact in the vertical passing game. As far as Antonio Gates goes, doesn't surprise me. It's more or less probably keeping him to make sure he retires a charger and stays Philip Rivers, you know, one of his favorite targets. How do you think the Chargers did, Rich? You got to get back to the playoffs, boys. <laughs> that, that's all I'm going to say. We don't know how the Chargers are going to do. They haven't made the playoffs in how many years now. It's another team that just kind of fallen off. So I, I'm going to hold judgment until when, when playoffs roll around, and then I'll come back and say, yeah, you guys really screwed up. But I do like the re-signing of Antonio Gates and uh, bringing in Travis Benjamin was a great move as well. But at the same time, you don't win Super Bowls in free agency for the most part. And Peter, what do you think about this one? Uh, I really like both of them. You know, obviously Gates is one of 
Rivers favorite Tarson and Benjamin he has he's really quick so great signing help open up the passing attack deep down the field and that also helps in kick and punt returns too because special teams is a must in today's NFL. Yeah, uh, you all said it here. Uh, really good signing here, and, and Travis Benjamin, I think, is a guy that um, that people aren't gonna don't realize how good he is because he played in the offense that he did. But uh, you go back and look at the numbers, and he was very productive for how bad his offense was. Uh, big help there uh, for Philip Rivers. Also, I think that Amos nailed it on the head um, with Antonio Gates. This just is, means that he's gonna retire a Charger. Marvin Jones was signed by the Detroit Lions. How do you think the Motor City Kitties did on this one, Amos? I think the Detroit Lions way overpaid for a very, very good slot receiver or even made uh, or an average uh, second receiver. I think they're still miles away from having that number one guy. I understand why they brought him in. I do, but if you're going to spend your money on a guy, well, why that? you got so many more issues you need to address. Rich, what do you think about this one? <laughs> uh, that was probably the most overrated signing of the day outside of probably Brock Osweiler's deal. Uh, you know, and this is like, must be reading my notes or something because I understand you lose that. You know, Calvin Johnson retires, you got to bring someone in. But at the same time, that, that's a big contract for somebody who didn't put up a lot of great numbers, even with A.J. Green there in Cincinnati. So I, I think they overpaid. Peter, you think they overpaid in this one as well, or do you think they got a good deal here? I think they overpaid, and it's just to try to overcompensate for the loss of Calvin Johnson. It's just the Lions like to overpay people and then not pay people they should. Not surprised at all by this move. It's just another another bummy line pickup here it's just just sad really is what it is i'm gonna agree here i I didn't like this pickup at all i didn't think that it was a smart move by them it it reeked of desperation and um i thought that there were better guys out there if they really wanted to go wide receiver richard matthews would have made sense here uh you know rich amos put it really well overpaid for a good slot receiver Moving on to the next one, tight end Benjamin Watson goes to Baltimore. Amos, what do you have to think? What do you have to say about this? This one made me scratch my head a little bit. I know Dennis Pitta has had his injury issues. They took Max Williams very, very early in the draft last year. Guy that's very, or, uh, extremely high potential. Benjamin Watson, high character guy, understands how to get open. Maybe he's there to mentor Max Williams while Pitta's out on the field. Other than that. I maybe it's a character and leadership thing, but it made me scratch my head a little bit. This make you scratch your head, Rich? On uh, who going to Benjamin Watson to the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, No, I mean I I think New Orleans just you know they 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 probably saw that the. Watson was not bringing the production he had in years past. Let him go. Baltimore, they've got a, what's the kid's name down there? Somebody help me out here. Crockett, is that his name? Yes. So you just add, you just add another piece there. And oh, it, yeah, it looks like Dennis Pitta may not be. Yeah, Crockett Gilmore, is that his name or something like that? Yeah, Crockett. So you add another veteran tight end down there. Yeah. You don't, you're, they're still unsure about Dennis Pitta, so. 
I kind of agree with Amos when he says it's a head scratcher, but at the same time, they need a depth at the tight end position with with the uncertainty of Pitta. Uh, Peter, what did you think about this pickup by the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I'm not surprised. They, they need veteran leadership on that team on the offense. A veteran tight end makes sense. They need to open up the passing attack, but I would have thought they would have wanted a little younger here. Um, and I honestly thought that they should have tried to go after Kobe Fleener, who actually went to the Saints. I'm going to uh, 100% agree here with Peter. thought they were going to go after Fleener. Uh, surprised they went after Watson, but I still think it's a good move by Baltimore Moore. Uh, and then I'm going to also agree with Amos. Very questionable move by the Saints. Uh, a guy that was a big part of their offense last year, probably the biggest part outside of Drew Brees, uh, and they get rid of them. Then the next move here, wrapping it all up for us, uh, Kobe Fleener goes to the Saints. So, Amos, what did you think about this? I, I like this pick, or this pickup very much. You can split him out wide. As a receiver, keep him in. He's a decent inline blocker. He's guys, you know, he can sit on the end of the line and go up the seam. He's kind of that tweener guy. You know, is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? He's very good, and I think he's going to be highly productive in that New Orleans Saints system, especially, you know, cutting Colson with, you know, still having Brandon Cooks, C.J. Spiller. They're getting younger, faster, bigger. I, I, li- I like to pick a lot. Peter, I mean, Rich, sorry. What did you think about this, Rich? Great pickup. <laughs> we just said Benjamin Watson out the door. You bring in a younger uh, Colby Fleener. Had a decent year down there in Indy. Uh, Indy chose to Paid Dwayne Allen, so Kobe Fleener was shown out the door. And you got to you got to feel for you got to enjoy. Not I'm sorry, you've got to kind of be happy for Drew Brees that he gets another weapon down there in uh, the Big Easy. And Peter, what do you think about Kobe Fleener uh, going down to the Big Easy? Great for the system. They they'll utilize him the way the Colts should have, and I think you're going to see his best football in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, I'm going to 100% agree here. I thought this was a great move by the the Saints. You get a younger tight end who I think is more versatile, as Amos uh, talked about, you know, the ability to move him in the slot and whatnot. And I just want to go ahead and congratulate uh, Kobe Fleener early on his first Pro Bowl next season. Uh, All right, guys, I'm going (laughs) to ask you your biggest uh, winner and biggest (laughs) loser of today. Uh, Which teams did you think were the – which team did you think was the biggest winner and which one was the biggest loser uh, of the first day of free agency? Amos, who do you have here? Uh, my biggest winner, I'm very high, obviously, on the Jacksonville Jaguars with their pickups with Gibson, Jackson, you know, re-signing Mercedes Lewis and getting Chris Ivory in there. It's hard to go wrong with that. And my biggest disappointment, I'm going to be honest with you guys, Baltimore Ravens, if Dennis Pitt is healthy, they don't need depth. They have Crockett Gilmore, who did very well. They have Max Williams, who they have high hopes for. They need a lot of help on that offensive line, losing a simile, and they need a lot of help at wide receiver. Steve Smith's getting up there. Kamar Aikens probably. I think he's emerging, but I still think you need another guy there to help. Rich, who's your winner and loser of the day? I'm going to actually stay in the AFC South and go with your Titans. I, I think uh, getting Rashad Matthews, adding another weapon down there, uh, the, the piece of bringing in a, a veteran backup or veteran backup quarterback of Matt Castle. Uh, my losers of the day are the Cleveland Browns. They lost four starters from last season. Alex Mack, 
there was another offense or another offensive line. I couldn't remember the white Travis Schwartz. Benjamin gone, Tashawn Gibson. Yeah, and, and Tashawn Gibson gone. Uh, I think I read somewhere that Hugh Jackson said they're going to add two starters by free agency, so we'll see how that pans out. Peter, who do you have as your winners and losers of uh, today? Winners of the Jaguars love their signings and losers of the Dolphins. The trades and the signings they made make no sense. Um, I'm going to go here. Both of my answers have been said. I'd love to say the Titans were the winners of the day, uh, but I won't go with the homer pick here uh, because I think the Jaguars made really fantastic moves, man. They, uh, I was really impressed with what they were able to do with the money that they had. We knew that they had the most money coming in, uh, but they made smart decisions with it uh, and ended up really improving that defense. My losers, I'm going to agree with Rich here. Uh, it has to be the, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you think about like everybody on that Cleveland Browns team uh, that was good last season outside of their tight end, and they're gone now. Uh, I mean, they lost everybody. Uh, this team is a roster that went um, from very bad uh, to v- uh, extremely desperate today. Uh, really, really bad. Uh, was not able to keep anybody, really, uh, which shouldn't be a shocker the way that they've played. Who wants to keep losing football games? Uh, but that's all we have for you tonight. Thanks for listening uh, to our free agency show here. Uh, be sure tomorrow night we're going to have the Par for Discourse show for you guys. Uh, very special guests on that you'll hear tomorrow night. Um, and then on Friday you'll be able to uh, get the uh, Free For All Friday podcast now. Not, they don't longer do it live. It's uh, still doing... Uh, now doing the podcast so you'll be able to listen to that live or i mean on friday as a podcast you'll be able to listen live tomorrow night 9 p.m eastern time uh as we have uh, two uh, big guests tomorrow um big friends of the show uh it should be a really exciting time so check us out tomorrow night for the part for discourse show uh big thanks to amos rich uh and peter for coming on tonight um and telling us their point of views uh, a lot of great information uh, and it just gets more exciting we'll see what, what happens in tomorrow in the day two of the free agent signings thanks everybody for listening and good night good night thanks for listening to the free parking show to hear the boys live tune in every weeknight at 9pm eastern 